We acknowledge the traditional owners of this country, the Turrbal, Yagara, Jagara, Yugarapal and Kwandamuka peoples and their elders past, present and future. Sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Mutual, 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 this is the Mutual Broadcasting System. As radio gets called everything from gag to gadget, but fate is to make radio a power in a world of peace and war. And the show you are listening to today is Radio Vessel. Today on the show we are going to be talking a lot about political morality and social choice. Musing on the philosophical content of some kind of a broader political economic critique. This is very much in the spirit of Radio Reversal. Good morning, Zedheads. You are listening to Radio Reversal here on 4ZZZ. It is just on eight minutes past ten this morning. Um, I'm Anna, and we're going to be talking on the show today uh, specifically about the Stolen Wealth Games protests that have been unfolding on the Gold Coast for the past couple of weeks. Um, we've spent a, cu- a couple of our reporters have spent a couple of days down at the occupation uh, at the Spit in Doug Jennings Park, um, recording some content, having some chats with some of the organisers, and we're super stoked that we'll be able to play some of that for you on the airwaves today. We're also going to be playing a heap uh, of music. Specifically today, we're going to be playing a lot of music by Indigenous artists. We started the show with a beautiful track by Emily Waramara, Emintha Papagunere, um, Turtle Song. Um, if you've got any track requests you'd like us to play on the show today, please get in touch. You can text us 0420-626-733 or you can give us a call on 325 or send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio reversal. Um, but before we jump in to... Um, too much more. I'm going to go to another track just to get you warmed up. Um, there's a language warning on this one. It's a fantastic track by Sydney-based uh, Indigenous kind of punk band, Divide and Dissolve. This is a track called Resistance. You're listening to 4ZZZ. That was uh, Sydney-based punk band, Divide and Dissolve, with a track called Resistance. And forgive me for my erroneous language warning on that track. You didn't need it at all. Um we, I'm Anna, I'm in the studio today with Shelley. Together we're reversing the radio uh, on the Commonwealth Games, or more specifically, we're talking about the Stolen Wealth Games actions that's, that have been unfolding at Doug Jennings Park on the spit in the, oh, on the Gold Coast for the last couple of weeks. Um, we're going to be playing through a lot of content that we've recorded down at the action over the last few days. So as a kind of um, caveat on the whole show, uh, the purpose of this kind of audio is to get you to give you a broad sense of what it's like on the ground, which means there's a lot of kind of um, noisy background sounds. A lot of the interviews were recorded in and around the kitchen area of the camp. Um, so there's the sounds of people making food, um, people cleaning up. There's lots of um, noises of tents flapping in the uh, in the wind. So, you know, you'll, you'll really get a sense of what things are like on the ground. Um, I'm going to kick off by playing some of the speeches that happened at the protest action yesterday. These are speeches that are, um, that are given through a megaphone. So the sound, again, is pretty um, atmospheric. Uh, and these are these are two um, two of the activists and organisers who were involved. And the um, the protest action um, that happened yesterday was a, a march through and temporary occupation of a few spaces around the Australia Fair um, <laughs> shopping centre in um, 
on the Gold Coast. Uh, and it was a really, it was an interesting uh, experience. I was there along with a couple of other radio reversal um, producers recording some sound for today's show and more broadly showing our support um, for the uh, s- yeah, for the Stolen Wealth Games um, protests. Um, and it was a it was a pretty interesting experience. So a lot of the um, initial plans um, the plans changed quite quickly about uh, what we were going to do, but it ended up being a really profoundly um, interesting experience to be part of. I, I don't think I've ever been part of a protest march that went through uh, a shopping centre before. And there's something really interesting about uh, intervening in and taking up that space. There was a, a really fascinating experience. Um, The audio that we'll play now is from speeches that took place during a temporary occupation of the road, one of the the roads immediately outside of the shopping centre um, that included a tram line. Um, And the the kind of broader surrounding context of this audio is that at the time that this was recorded, I think I counted um, 85 police officers surrounding um, the protesters in full riot gear. So um, bear in mind that that's the kind of context in which this is unfolding. Um, And yeah, this is some speeches from yesterday's protest action you're listening to for Triple Z. Our ancestors died 
That was the first part of our pre-recorded content from the Stolen Wealth Games actions unfolding on the Gold Coast this week. You're listening to 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. This show is called Radio Reversal. Today we're reversing the radio on the Commonwealth Games, more specifically talking about some of the actions that have been happening um, as part of Camp Freedom at Doug Jennings Park, organised collaboratively by the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy um, and a collection of other sovereign peoples from across the country. Um, we're going to be playing through a bunch more content from um, from that show, uh, from that show, from, <laughs> from that event yesterday on the show today. Um, the next interview we want to play is with one of the key organisers from Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. Um, Christy's been on the show before chatting all things decolonisation and body image. Um, she's an all-round incredible speaker and this is the, the first part of an interview that we did um, with her um, yeah, earlier this week. Um, yeah, so enjoy. Um, so tell me um, who you are and where we are. I'm Yama. My name's Christy Lee, a member of the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy. Uh, for a, for a while now, uh, we are in Doug Jennings Park on the Spit at the so-called Gold Coast. Uh, this is Yukonbe, unceded sovereign land, but otherwise known as the Gold Coast. Now this here is Camp Freedom. Uh, we've been here since the 3rd of April. We will be here until our pack-ups on the 16th, but the last day of the Stolenworth Games is April 15th, and of course that's why. We have a camp here, Camp Freedom. Uh, basically, uh, as a lot of the banners around me say, colonisation is not a game. This is not the Queensland and no justice, no games. So uh, our history and our culture of resistance ha- has been uh, prevalent and really strong since invasion. and. The fact that we have survived, that we are here to do this, is a testament to our ancestors' strength and determination. And I was trying to write something down the other day, and I was thinking about invasion and massacre, uh, you know, rape and dispossession, and then uh, a deceased sister spr- uh, sprung to mind, Lynette Daly, who was raped and left to die on a beach, mother of seven children. And what's changed since then? Absolutely nothing. Except now there's a veneer of respectability and Australia is seen as this progressive, you know, first world country, but it treats its First Nation citizens like garbage and they should be ashamed. And we're here to, to take this as many opportunities as we can with the international and national spotlight upon these Stolen Wealth Games to to make that point that nothing has changed. There's this horrible misconception and stigma around our people that we're lazy, that we don't have jobs, that we we take advantage of the benevolence of so-called Australia. That, That couldn't be further from the truth. Everything here is paid for by us, run by us, cared for by us. We've had very little to no assistance from any governmental context at all. And that is a lot of work 
So to call us lazy when we're taking care of 200 people, three meals a day, facilities, etc. I think you get my point. So, you know, every time we go out there, we get, you know, things yelled at us like we should just get a job. And I'd just like to raise what makes you think I don't have one or that anyone here doesn't have a job. We're doing this for the betterment of our people. We are uh, a coalition of many sovereign nations. You know, it's not just the embassy. It's not just war. There is mob from all over, all over. And we have come together and we are all unanimously in agreement uh, with what the camp is trying to to bring to light. Uh, we've had meetings with government officials or previous government officials. Yeah. Peter Beattie doesn't currently occupy a governmental position. Uh, he's an ex-premier. Yep. Uh, but I believe he's head of Queensland Tourism. Mm. Um, and so this is our state. This is Murray land. And uh, we're hoping to bring to light that, you know, before all of these things like recognise and reconciliation and all of that comes to light, you must have conciliation before reconciliation. There can be no positive future without truth. And the truth of this country is something that this country is not prepared to acknowledge, accept or even dialogue. So uh, we've had enormous support from you know, all manner of uh, allied networks. I want to shout out to RISE in particular. They're incredible. Um, there's all sorts of uh, grassroots Aboriginal uh, communities and, and organising collectives as well. And uh, people from the Gold Coast, settlers, have come to the camp because they've heard what we've been doing and they want, they want to understand. And I just want to say massive respect to those people that actually were brave enough. You know, one lady, I'll shout out to her, she'd never met an Indigenous person before. And she was brave enough to come and, and she was a bit cautious. We invited her in for a cup of tea. And she's been here every day since. She's bought friends and they're locals. And they just did not understand. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was the first part of our interview, uh, of an interview we record, recorded earlier this week with Christy, one of the key organisers of Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and a, um, a foundational part of what's unfolding down at Doug Jennings Park as part of Camp Freedom. We're going to roll straight into the second part of that interview recorded yesterday. This is 4 Z. An action also that I feel I should address uh, is, of course, our protest at Sunrise. There was a lot of mainstream media uh, distortion of our purpose. And, I mean, that is the name of the game because, as I said, they're not really interested in the truth because it's not pretty. Um, And so we were addressing Samantha Armitage's Hot Topic segment that aired about a fortnight ago, possibly more. Um, I've all been about all camps, so I have lost concepts of dates and things. Uh, But I think everybody will know the segment to which I'm referring. And uh, we demanded an apology. We demanded uh, an acknowledgement from them, not just having uh, token Aboriginal people on a panel to try and, you know... uh, smooth away the tension that they cause that's not good enough we want a formal apology and we'll keep we'll keep at them until we get it uh you know i think samantha armitage felt personally insulted she should yeah (laughs) what she did was insulting and 
you know, when you want to talk about white privilege and, and the Commonwealth Games around here and the spectacle that, is, that it is and the money that has gone into this event, right, would blow your mind. They're treating their workers like garbage. We've had numerous conversations with Com Stolen Wealth Games uh, security staff, all of which are prepared to come to camp. Yep. You know, I went to an event on the main stage uh, with our sisters last night. Uh, Karajala from Tennant Creek invited us on stage uh, in an action of solidarity. And uh, a sister said to me, one of the sisters there, she said, I've, I've never raised my fist before. It was the first time she'd ever raised her fist because she felt empowered by a presence in the work. That, I know, I know, right? So things change. The work that we do, and I, I just want to say to all you mob that think that protesting doesn't change anything, you're wrong. Come and see that you're wrong, and not in a bad way. We would never, ever want to hurt any of our people. That's why... Hardly any of, us, any of us have come out and said, oh, you know, shame on you, Mob, for performing in there. Like, we, we get it. We were colonised. There are a lot of our people that were assimilated. But the fact remains that this is sovereign land and Aboriginal people have supreme authority over this land. And uh, probably a little known fact uh, is that Australia, as a nation, tried to go to the International Court to have its sovereignty recognised over this land. They were denied. Mm. Everybody knows whose land this is. Mm. And until that's formally recognised, until there is a truth commission mm. into the last 230 years of post-colonial trauma, mm. this, this won't stop. Mm. And it shouldn't. Mm. And the more people come down here, uh, the more they will, they will understand that it is for our children and it's for our old people that we must continue. Yeah. You may see us angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the highest Aboriginal youth suicide rate on the globe. Our elders uh, have kidney failure, heart disease, diabetes in record numbers and little to no uh, resources, you know, directed into that. I could go on. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's more Aboriginal children in out-of-home care at the moment than there were in the Stolen Generation. I'm part of that systemic trauma. That is, that is my experience. And one of the reasons why I get up and I do this, because every day, and I, and I mean every day, I hear of another Aboriginal family that has suffered further trauma and further dispossession because of white privilege and supremacist ideals that our children are better off being assimilated. It's not true. It's not true. Our children flourish in culture. This country flourishes when our culture is practised on it. Rivers can be brought back to health. Things can grow again. You know, we were... We were one of the oldest cultures in the world and have, have mastered things that it took the European paradigm millennia to catch up to. And yet we're considered savage because we chose not to have an Iron Age. Why did we need it? We had everything we needed. There was no need to build weapons to take over another land. 
we had everything we needed. And I think Australia sooner or later will will be forced to concile with that. And then, then we can reconcile. And another thing that's happening for our mob that's really important is that a lot of states uh, are going through uh, a treaty process or at least talking about it. And the concern is uh, from within the community that that isn't going to be a clan-based process, so that it will be co-opted, hijacked, dictated to and controlled by government officials. That's not the nature of a treaty. All right? A treaty is is a genuine parley. And it is, it is, we can, we are prepared to treaty with you. Even after everything you've done, we are prepared to treaty. Now think about that. And you still want to try and entertain or at least promote the fact that we're a violent and aggressive people? After everything you've done, we're still prepared to put a hand out. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a testament to something within the DNA that you can't, you can't ignore and that you can't change and that ultimately all the elders have said here that this is an exercise in unity for ourselves and for, you know, all the broader communities because this is our nature, this is our way. You know, children and women, they eat here first before the men, you know. We have daily meetings about how to ensure our safety, how to look after one another, what needs doing. Yeah. You know, the, the communication that we're capable of would, would benefit society at large. You know, even if it looks, you know, a little bit non-traditional to you or strange to the, to the foreign eye, it gets results. So, yeah, I think we're, we're preparing to, to continue the fight now. So... Yeah. I'll cruise. Yep. But it was, yeah, good talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much. That was the inimitable Katajala Kiridara with Two Worlds Collide. You're listening to 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. Before that track, you heard the last part of an interview we recorded earlier this week with Christy, one of the foundational organisers of Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and a key member of the organising team for Camp Freedom unfolding at as we speak at Doug Jennings Park um, down uh, at the spit on the Gold Coast. Um, We're going to be crossing live to some of the folks who are down at the occupation um, later in the show and having a bit of a a broad chat with some of the organisers we didn't get a chance to interview while we were down there yesterday. But for now, we're going to go straight into um, the next part, the next interview that we recorded. This is with one of the organisers, another one of the key organisers of Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, Meg. Um, And this is an interview we recorded um, outside the kitchen. So you'll be able to hear the hear the real, the true sounds of the of Camp Freedom. In Camp Freedom, um, Doug Jennings Park, prime location, the spit. Um, not far from where the, the Commonwealth Games are doing their shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And t- so tell me, like, why, why are you here? What brought you here today? Um, well, we've been, we've been preparing for this for about a year, um, the organising committee, and um, 
you know, we've got an international platform at the moment to, um, to you know, to make noise and show everybody that we're still here and we're still strong and um, also to just put the spotlight on all the injustices that are happening to our people. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm here. I was originally here to stop the Commonwealth Games from actually even going ahead, but um, although we haven't done that quite yet, um, we have managed to stop some elements of the games, which has, yeah, been a positive. Mm. Yeah. So why, like, why the Commonwealth Games? What's what's significant about this as a site of protest for you? Um, well, the Com- Commonwealth Games represents colonialism. Um, you know, it's a colonial tool to um, strengthen, you know, that... Um, I don't really know what the word is, but like that allegiance to the to the monarchy and um, to the Commonwealth, um, and you know we haven't ceded our sovereignty. Um, this is stolen Aboriginal land, and that's why we have an obligation to protest the Commonwealth game and protest the the imposition of colonialism because that's what it's really doing. It's mm. like trying to st- strengthen that um, that allegiance to the to the Commonwealth. Mm. Yeah. So what? Um, you've been here, I think, from the beginning of the occupation, which was the 2nd of April, I believe, Monday the 2nd of April. What, what kind of things have been unfolding here? What's the feeling like in camp? What have you been doing? Yeah, well, I mean, in the lead-up, it was a lot of organising to get these, the, all these structures set up mm. and um, everything like that. We did a bit of a... Um, so, one thing I want to mention is that the Yarrabah mob were actually the first to do any resistance activities um, in the lead up to the games, they actually stopped the baton going through their town. Um, and then we had some little actions that happened in Brisbane. Um, we dropped a, a 30, 30 metre Aboriginal flag off um, the Goodwill Bridge, which was pretty cool during the baton relay. Um, and then, yeah, uh, hectic time getting all these structures set up. And, um, you know, um, we invested a lot of energy in getting people here to the games that, you know, would have had difficulty getting here otherwise, you know, running buses and, um, you know, paying for community buses to come from remote areas. Um, And then, yeah, obviously on the first night, um, we had a massive demonstration um, where the cops were pretty heavy-handed and three of us got arrested. Um, So me, Dylan and and Ruby were arrested, um, which got international coverage and... um, Although it's although we have pretty restrictive bail conditions, um, we've still managed to kind of get around that and organise actions where we can still be involved. And I think pro- it was probably worth it considering the media that it got.
That was the first part of an interview we recorded uh, yesterday down at Camp Freedom on the Gold Coast at Doug Jennings Park uh, on Yugambeh Country. That was a recording with Meg, one of the organisers of Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. We're going to go straight into playing the next part of that interview. Um, so stay tuned. just been trying to make our presence known you know publicly um because like, like there's a lot of um incorporation of aboriginal art in these games but it doesn't actually um it doesn't look at the genocide that's happening it's like the fluffy the um you know like the, they're happy to use aboriginal art but they're you know they're not going to say a word about the genocide that's happening so we've been making sure that our presence have been heard like um in Cabab mall and um you know at the sunrise um and then also at the opening ceremony yeah so yeah that it seems like a um a pretty strong theme and it, it came out at the meeting this morning as well with this um this really strong resistance to being co-opted by the commonwealth games to become this kind of symbol of you know modern australia that yeah. somehow like kind of glosses over a whole lot of the reality has that been, is that, does that kind of resonate with you? Is that a strong part of the resistance is to try and challenge that? Yeah, totally. Like, um, I don't think that the international community realises the um, impacts of colonialism um, here in Australia, like the incarceration rates, yeah. the, you know, um, the deaths in custody, you know, like water being poisoned, people being pushed off their lands, you know, like that mass displacement um, and theft of Aboriginal children. It's like the international community needs to see that and that's why we've been, you know, like that's why we're really trying to make it to get into these public spaces and, um, and yeah, get those issues out there because they, you know, like they want to they pretend that, you know, we're a peacefully colonised 
people and, and we have never ceded our sovereignty and this war has been going on since um, since they arrived, um, you know, so yep. we, we want people to know that. Yeah, so I know uh, one of the big focuses, it seems, of the um, of Camp Freedom has been on formulating some demands, both that will come out of this particular event, but also more broadly. Do you want to speak a bit about what some of those demands are? Yeah, we're definitely pushing for the hand back of land. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, we had a, a big corroboree here um, last week, and yeah. you know that was the first time that. Um, people have danced on this country in a, in a long, long time and it's, um, you know, because those those opportunities, the, you know, the land to come together is not here, you know, like, um, and, you know, so pushing for, pushing for the hand back of land, but also looking at, um, you know, some of the elders have been talking about pushing for a National Truth Commission um, yeah. to look at the genocidal practices um, and how that's affected our people. Um, so yeah, that'll definitely be one of the demands that we'll be pushing because you know that that truth commission is something that we can use mm. to say like to get the truth out there yeah. of exactly what has and is happening. Yeah. yeah. And do you think is that is that important? I feel like maybe one of the um, there's a lot of focus on atrocities as things that happened in the past. You know, something quite different from modern Australia. Is, is part of the goal to also emphasise that the atrocities weren't in the past, they're ongoing, that there's, this isn't, colonisation isn't historical, it's every day? Yeah, yeah. If you sit down here at the camp um, and listen to some of the artists' stories, you know, like, like especially the, you know, the removal of children, it's, there is no difference between what is happening now and what was happening when it was an official policy like that has never ceased that is still ongoing and the impacts of that are huge yeah um and yeah like things like poisoning the water that was happening you know in the 1800s and it's still happening now like we heard of a story that come out of um Fitz, i think it was fitzroy river or hall's gap um you know of, of the government actually poisoning water or you know, the cutting off of water in remote communities and pushing people out of remote communities, that is genocide and that has been going on, um, you know, for more than 230 years. So these issues are still really current. That was local artist Kayla Truth with Wave, produced by Nagra Beats. You are listening to 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. Before Zedlines, you heard a new-ish track by Baker Boy, um, Mariana, featuring Yiramul. 
Um, we are Radio Reversal. We are talking on the show today uh, about some of the actions that have been unfolding on the Gold Coast uh, in relation to the Stolen Wealth Games protests. Uh, and specifically, we're doing a bit of a report back from Camp Freedom, the headquarters of the Indigenous resistance to the Commonwealth Games on the coast. We're going to be crossing live to folks who are still down at the occupation uh, in just a few minutes. But first, we'll play through the rest of the interview that we recorded yesterday with Meg, one of the organisers of the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. Uh, if you've just tuned in and you want to hear the rest of that interview, you can listen back on demand at four triple Z at on demand slash four triple Z FM. Uh, just look for Radio Reversal. Um, and you can also listen back to the podcast version of this particular um, episode, which will be um, uh, which you'll be able to find via the newly established Flood Media uh, as of a couple of weeks' time. Um, for now, though, we might uh, play through the rest of this interview with Meg. You're listening to 4 Triple Z. Aussie! Aussie! All we want is Australian citizens that have got a conscience, if they want to join our plight for justice, we welcome you. We welcome you to join us and call for the truth and to call for proper justice for Aboriginal people of this country. The original First Nations people join us in our struggle. Any Australian that wants to join us, you're more than welcome. For me, I suppose one of the biggest things to come out of this is the networks and the, you know, and like strengthening that base of, um, you know, sovereign activists and um, sovereign sovereign people coming together and um, sharing stories of the struggle and and that national body being um, being strengthened. I think that's probably a great thing to come out of this. Um, you know, for for our own communities. Yeah. Um, but also just the, the global awareness that it's yeah. creating. I think, I don't know what impact we'll have on um, the Australian public because, you know, they're so racist and um, there is that, that love of the, of the Commonwealth. So I don't know what will come out of that. Um, but the international support that we're getting is yeah. massive. Yeah. 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 And I guess this is, um, I noticed that some of the, um, I guess some of the demands have been framed not so much as demands to the Australian state, but demands to the international community. Is that significant? Is that because you see, just see that there's more likelihood of international support than national support? Yeah, we're not getting nothing domestically. Like, yeah. you know, we have to reach out to the international community. Um, you know, yeah. Mm. It doesn't serve the domestic purpose does it you know to yeah. hand land back and to you know cease these genocidal policies is like yeah you know like it doesn't service this white capitalist agenda so yeah. yeah we have to reach out to the international community we we did meet with the president of anguilla and you know like we're able to compare yeah compare um you know stories of you know parallels of, of yeah. um of colonial colonialism and 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 suffering and that was 
that was huge, you know, yeah. to speak with another, you know, the president of another colonised yeah. nation and um, share those stories, and that's completely invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, I realise I said the final question a few minutes ago, but um, the last thing I was interested in, I know this is something that you've spent a bit of time um, thinking about, but I guess one of the interesting things that came out again in the meeting this morning was that, of course, this site isn't removed from the usual practices of hyper-policing and hyper-vigilance of Indigenous folks in the city um, by the police. Have you had many experiences um, in the camp with the police and has the relationship been... What's the relationship been like with the police? Oh, the police... The police presence here has been really full-on. Um, you know, like, they're doing... Um, like intervals of five to ten minute laps around the whole camp, you know, mm. like whether it's a, a group of five police bikes or it's an undercover car or every five minutes there's people, you know, there's police coming through the camp. Um, we have actually had the police negotiators here a yeah. lot. Um, um, and just today there was a lot of surveillance um, equipment set up around the camp. Um, there's a massive tower over over on the road there, um, surveillance tower. So, yeah, and you know we know that they 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 have information about who is at the camp and any um, any weaknesses that like that people have. You know, anyone that's had a warrant has actually. We've had two. We've had a 17 year old woman um, who was eight months pregnant um, arrested another brother last night that was arrested for and released without charge you know so like that um that over policing is is really being felt yeah um and it's all intimidation tactics too you know like yeah it's not it's not stopping us from organizing actions it's just uh motivating us yeah giving us the motivation to be a bit more um, smart about how yeah. we do these actions. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. What do you think the um, What do you think they're doing with the surveillance? You know, like what do you think their goal is? Oh, they just they just want to be a step ahead of us, I yeah. suppose. Um, you know, they don't they don't want our presence to be known. Um, mm. You know, like they want the games to go off without any yeah. any issues. So. Yeah, yeah, they're just trying to get ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, maybe and also intimidate us, like the whole patrolling. That's just, that's just designed to intimidate us. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, actual last question now. Um, I, I know, like a lot of the framing, um, or particularly of the public protests, um, really emphasises the need for visibility. So the idea of really wanting to be a visible presence in this space. Is this idea of like, do you feel like there's a, um, do you feel like Indigenous resistance is made invisible um, in these kinds of events most of the time? Yeah, for sure. But we've actually been lucky in that we're getting quite a bit of media yeah. coverage because no one's interested in the games. Like, yeah. their ticket sales are like completely down. Like, most Gold Coast residents have have left um you know like the revenue like the revenue of the gold coast is mm. down um compared to just not like this time yeah. any other day you know like it's um no one's really interested in the game so at least we're giving them a story that you know they that's interesting whether or not it's being portrayed um the way we want it is another question you know there's still a lot of racism coming out through the media and um, you know, I think there's a misconception of the media of what it is we actually want and what the purpose mm. of, of the camp is. But, yeah, we are getting a bit of media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. especially with the sunrise and the opening ceremony. And yep. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? 
grab a bit for me, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. No worries, thank you. an incredibly powerful track that's AB original with Call Em Out featuring Guilty Simpson. You're listening to 4ZZZ 102.1 FM uh, and we're crossing live to Doug Jennings Park, Camp Freedom down on the Gold Coast. Um, we're crossing to Debbie Jones. Debbie, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear. Can you hear me? I sure can, yeah. So um, tell me what we're, uh, what we're going to be... Um, what, yeah, tell me what's happening around you right at the moment. Well, what's happening at the moment, we've got a big camp meeting happening, just, you know, strategy and debrief from yesterday's actions and, you know, housekeeping and all the things that you do to have a big community, a mob from all over the country together, one place you've got, you know, got to do a bit of yarning about that. Yeah. But I've got um, un- Uncle Dale Rusker here. He's, um, you know, uh, Kwandamooka Mobbeg, Gombo, Gombo, um, Mobbeg, that he, he would be happy to yarn with you now if you'd oh, like. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Here Dale. you go. I'm handing him over. Um, so, Dale, can you hear us? Hello, Anna. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How yeah, are you? Really good. So, tell me what's, uh, what's happening at Camp Freedom today. Okay. Uh, Camp Freedom's uh, about uh, representing the reasons for original First Nations people in relation to our plight for justice and equality. And one of the um, main calls that we're trying to achieve an outcome from with regards to our representation down here in protest against the Commonwealth Games is to get support for um, publicly and politically uh, and from international Commonwealth countries also here mm. for a historical truths commission mm. to be facilitated in relation to the history of this nation Australia yep fantastic can, can you tell me like why why is a truth commission important to you why do you think that that's a good goal Oh, well, we just need to have a look at the comments that were made um, last week by uh, a political MP um, in relation to the Commonwealth Games opening Mm. and the negative views that were displayed by that person Mm. um, in relation to the emphasis on Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal participation. Mm. And um, it was a very negative impression that was portrayed by a person who sits in a political position, mm. representative of um, constituents of this country, Australia. And if that sort of misrepresentation is occurring at a political level, it's quite obvious that there's not a clear understanding and acceptance of the truth in relation to the history of this nation that we now know as Australia. Mm. And we know that uh, a a lot of the historical truth in relation to 
Aboriginal people's originality and ownership of land over many, many millenniums is not regarded at all. And then there's the post-colonial history and all of the impacts that have been caused for Aboriginal people and their lands, which involve uh, many forms of atrocity from murders to massacres to rapes to imprisonment rates to suicide mm. rates, uh, stolen children and um, policy imposition. Mm. Um, Australia as a nation needs to understand the history and what's been involved in that history and how many um, injustices Aboriginal people have been faced with mm. and the price that's been paid by Aboriginal people physically, culturally and spiritually to uh, uh, for this country to um, remain established as a country of Commonwealth. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what kind of what's the feeling like on the ground at Camp Freedom? Oh, today? sorry. There's a helicopter flying over, and I, I, there's helicopters flying around us continuously here, and I, I just can't hear you properly at the moment. Mm. Can you? Is it any clearer now? Sorry. Uh, can you can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah, it's yep. just going past. Yep, I can hear you now. Yeah, okay. So, um, what what's the feeling like on the ground at Camp Freedom today? Oh, there's there's unity and solidarity, and there's a lot of pride amongst all of us here that are represented. But at the same time, there's a little bit of disappointment because mm. uh, when you look at our, our our national population, we only represent about three percent of the um, democratic population of this country, Australia. Mm. And that sort of uh, uh, amounts to around about 740,000 um, of us. Mm. And when you look at our attendance here, it's a bit sad because like, our, our numbers are sort of fluctuating between 100 to 150. Yeah. And we, less, uh, we rep- represent the people that are present here around about one hundredth of a percent. Mm. And if we look at um, our people's history and the devotion and commitment that our people have d- displayed um, historically to our cause and to try and achieve proper, righteous uh, and equitable justice, um, we just need to look back at the 1982 Commonwealth Games where Aboriginal people attended in mass because Aboriginal mm. people were all supportive of the same reason. Mm. And if we look at what's occurred between 82 and now, that has been um, just and advantageous, there hasn't been a, a real lot. And mm. it concerns us that uh, we don't have the masses here Mm. while we have the international stage. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I I think one of the... um, I'm curious about why the resistance to the Commonwealth Games, like it has such a long history, um, you know, this has been such a site of resistance historically. Why do you think it's important to resist the Commonwealth Games in Australia in particular? Oh, because the, the, the Commonwealth Games is uh, symbolic of um, colonial control and co- colonial oppression. And like, there'd be many other countries in the Commonwealth, or the majority of the countries in the Commonwealth, would have been subjected to the same sort of historical circumstances as the original First Nations people of this land here, Australia. Mm. And Aboriginal people... We believe that we have our own ancient sovereignty that has existed for millenniums Mm. and that we need to uphold and respect um, that for ourselves. And we want that ancient sovereignty um, respected and Mm. acknowledged politically and legally 
by this country's governments and its legal system. And we want the other countries that are involved in these games to recognise that Indigenous people all around the world have been subjected to um, disadvantage mm. and injustice. Mm. Have you received much support from other, um, other uh, attendees of the Commonwealth Games? We've had a couple of minor encounters with them, uh, only as a result of our own actions. Yep. Um, but not a great deal of support at all. Mm, yeah. Is that? Were you expecting there to be more support, uh, more broader support? Well, just considering what happened in '82 and mm. on several occasions since, um, the priority of support, which. I, I felt should have um, been represented here should have come from Australia's original First Nations people mm. as it was in 1982 with the support of the Australian public. Mm. And if we had that sort of support so that it could be clearly seen that there's something wrong in this country and, and that Aboriginal people are that concerned about what's wrong that they're willing to stand up... Mm at events such as this Commonwealth game to represent the meaning of their position and the concerns they have, um, it would be yeah, totally advantageous and beneficial for, for that cause if we had a, a, a lot broader support. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, thank you so much for having a chat to us today. Are there any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, Camp Freedom's been set up to... Um, the main priority being the call for the Historical Truth Commission, yep. but also to represent our desire for proper, fair, equitable and economic justice. Yep. And the call-out goes to all Aboriginal people and to all Australians that support our plight, um, and we invite them to come down here to Camp Freedom and to support what we're trying to achieve in relation to justice and the, the the justice that we're trying to achieve isn't so much about ourselves now it's about our children and the future generations of our unborn children mm. fantastic thank you so much for joining us dale um uh, debbie are you are you still around yep she's sitting here I'll hand oh, you back fantastic. Over. thank you very so much, much for joining us okay bye bye Hey, sis, how you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, good. Good. So um, I'm interested, we, we just heard a lot from, um, from Uncle Dale Roska uh, about um, what's, what's unfolding on the ground there at the camp and the call for a yeah. truth, truth commission. Um, have you received much political support at the camp? Uh, look, we did a statement yesterday and in that we were kind of quite scathing about you know, the politicians who come, they, you know, they only notice Aboriginal issues when they want to, you know, build up their own street cred. Yeah. But then they walk away, forget us again later anyway. So it's not like, you know. Yep. No, I wouldn't say. Ruby, what do you reckon? We had, we've had good political support here. Oh, yeah. Have we? From who? No, okay, a lot of them. A lot of them want to be have should be having a lot of solidarity. This has been invisible. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, Phil, you answer this question. This is this is Anna. This radio reversal on live. Yeah, 
Hi, Adam. It's Phil. Hey, Phil. Thanks for joining us on the show. So, yeah, tell, tell me a bit about what kinds of political support you've been receiving down there at the camp. Yeah. Um, so certainly had a, a little bit of support from some of our um, allies from, you know, from Brisbane and other places. I think we've been a little bit disappointed in terms of, like, you know, there were 50,000-odd people at the Invasion Day march in yeah. Melbourne and only 12 people, um, you know, ended up coming up from Melbourne, 12 yeah. of those, those people, and thought, like, you know, obviously people have limited uh, resources and those kind of things at their disposal, but certainly would just imagine that a lot more of those people would yeah. be keen to show support given some of the other events that they've um, been at. Yeah. Um, definitely from some of the people in, people in Brisbane, we've had some uh, some strong support from a handful of people who've you know, kind of gone above and above and beyond, and mm-hmm. I've you know, done a lot more than, um, you know, got really yeah. asked to. But then um, there were, there's enough... A few of us have been a bit disappointed in that a lot of the, um, I suppose, progressive political groups from places like Brisbane, and obviously mm-hmm. we're close to places like Lismore and Byron Bay, which have a lot of people who, you know, profess to have progressive politics and be uh, supportive of Aboriginal causes, and there have been very small numbers of people from those those kind of places. And yeah. this is kind of, this, um, camp is almost the opposite of most of our events, where normally we would expect to have, you know, probably 20 or 30% Aboriginal people and mm. 70 or 80% non-Aboriginal people, but here yeah. it's kind of... Yeah, seventy or eighty percent Aboriginal people who've made efforts to come here from places like Yarrabah, Warrabinda, Alice Springs, um, come down from Maryborough, Perth, um, mm. you know, Adelaide. We've got Aboriginal people from all, all over the place here, mm. and um, you know, the Aboriginal people are. I guess it's, I mean when we see Aboriginal people being harassed and harassed and detained by police and police in the streets, um, you know, whenever they're heading out on their own, it's kind of like. Um, Mm. Yeah, it just would have been nice to see a lot more of the, those non-Aboriginal allies and supporters here mm. um, and recognising the danger that some of those Aboriginal people coming in from other communities particularly yeah. would be in in places like this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I know um, yesterday there was a bit of discussion about some of the interactions that have already happened with police. Do you want to talk a bit yeah. about what the um, what's what's happened, what the relationship with the police has been like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's only like the... the there's a team of police negotiators who we work with in terms of like the actual actions themselves, but yeah. the simple fact is that there are 6,000 police on the Gold Coast okay. at the moment, and um, you know a lot of them have nothing to do a lot of the days. They spend their days driving in circles around our camp mostly. Yeah. And um, you know, it's for example, yesterday we had a group disappear for an action for two hours, and in that time, I was staying back watching the camp, and not one police car drove past in that time. It's like, um, you know, it shows I guess the focus yeah. that they have on on us and our activities, Absolutely. and so. Um, yeah, we've got, other than the, you know, I guess in terms of protest, you expect that there's a level of a level of risk involved in that all the time, but um, the when you've got um, people who are just walking through the shopping centre being stopped by police and asked for ID and then, mm. uh, you know, picked up on failing to report for probation back in Cairns or whatever else, so, um, you know, you have 17-year-old pregnant girls from a, a girl from a remote community and you've got, you know... Um, um, yeah, police har- harassing our bus driver. Um, you know, we go, oh, you know, we're, this is a pass, places for performers only, and we had a group of people with performer passes at, at an event, and the police were, you know, just harass- harassing them constantly, and yeah. um, a young man ended up getting arrest- arrested after that, um, and eventually, like, police... He was theoretically really, uh, picked up because there was a warrant, but then he was released without charge, ultimately. Um, you know, so... Um, yeah. yeah, I guess we're seeing... Um, you know, there's yeah, kind of kind of a, a mixed situation where you've got a, a team of people whose job is to try and keep us as um, 
as on-site as possible, and then you've got your average cops that are kind of um, doing things that average cops do, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think there's been... um, Is there there kind of, like, added scrutiny on the folks who are down there as protesters? Oh, 100%, certainly. um, You know, um, uh, one of the police said to me, you know, off the record, um, that... You know, the police had details of everybody that you know had was kind of had come in here from other areas, and um, you know we'd be aware of who was who and those kind of things, and yeah. keep an eye on them when they were travelling out and about. And um, you know, it does put it there is a level of additional scrutiny, and obviously, yeah, yeah so we've got police driving past probably on you know ten ten minutely patrols at the moment. You've got um, your, uh, public safety response team squads. You've got your um, trail bike squads, your bike squads, your undercover detectives, your regular, you know, regular march cars that's kind of driving past here every you know ten minutes or so most mm-hmm. days, and um, yeah, 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 You're very close eye on everybody and following people when they're coming and going from the camp, um, you know, turning turning up at actions and put, that were unannounced and having large numbers of police yeah. already there and those sorts of things. Um, so there definitely is a high level of police scrutiny of the things you know that we're doing and of the people who are here who may not necessarily um um who are, you know not necessarily people that are involved in like organizing of these kind of things and are just people who are here to um you know have their say and um to you know participate in um in protests and um you know won't be familiar with how the police work and how they how they treat people in those kind of situations and definitely you know um, definitely, definitely, there's a sense that the police are, um, you know, kind of looking for any opportunity to jump on, jump on people as well. So we kind of just try to work with that. You know, people going out in groups and those kind of things, and trying to, um, yeah, make sure that people are conscious of anything like outstanding warrants and all those kind of things that might be against them to try and reduce the risk there yeah um what about i guess um, i'm interested we've uh, we've had some chats um earlier this week with a couple of the other organizers about the the importance of maintaining this really visible presence of resistance to the games um yeah. why why is that important to you um i think that there's uh the, the way that aboriginal culture has been co-opted in the organizing of the games and in the promote promotion of the games you know um, and the reason I say co-opted is things like, for example, you know, selling Aboriginal art souvenirs. So they're paying Aboriginal artists five dollars to create and then selling for one hundred and twenty dollars. Um, you know, so it's it's not as though this is a a productive partnership with Aboriginal people to you know to promote Aboriginal culture. Um, and the way that's been done, we, we, we tend to give the impression to people that you know this is something that is for the benefit of and in the best interest of Aboriginal people. But uh, really, it's about um, promoting the image of the, you know, of the current system of you know, Australia's involvement in um, Western imperialism and colonialism, and um, I think that without our presence here, um, yeah, we miss an opportunity to show to the world that Aboriginal people, you know, we're not just still here, but we are still um, asserting our own yeah. sovereignty and our own um, right to exist as our own people, and that our resistance is. Um, you know, has never. Oh, I'm trying to find, find the right words for that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but our, yeah, our resistance has, has you know um, never never flinched. I guess, and we're, yeah. we're still um, you know, we're still capable of um, you know we're still capable of 
using the means at our disposal to, um, you know, to gain, you know, well, our, our objective, which is freedom for our people. It's why I called the place Camp Freedom. Yeah. Well. Yep. Um, so, I, but I'll, I'll let you go soon because I, I think this is, yeah. you know, you've been there from the very beginning, right? So you must be absolutely yeah. exhausted by now. I am exhausted, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, um, what, what are you really hoping that uh, folks who might be listening, who might not have heard much about um, the Stolen Wealth Games protest as yet, yeah. what do you want them to take away from um, your actions down there at Camp Freedom? Yeah, um, I want them to, um, you know, be, be aware that. Uh, you know, Aboriginal resistance is still strong in this country. Our, yeah. our whole culture and identity is still strong. Um, you know, that um, we don't take colonialism lying down and we don't take, um, you know, the invasion and oppression of our people lying down and um, that we need their... Um, we need their support and their, um, like, you know... Uh, I hate to wear the word allyship, it seems rather weak to me but um you know we we need that we need them to be uh, you know uh warriors in the fight alongside us as well um and you know we we need yeah we um you know any show of support is is great and is um you know and is appreciated um but like it would you know um we great to see a lot of people who are kind of maybe sitting on the fence or who who support in principle but uh you know not necessarily keen to get involved in actions come on things like out you know tonight for example we have a a rally at Carrara Stadium yep. um, in solidarity with uh, other oppressed peoples, you know, um, that Australia, whose government, who are oppressed mm. by governments that Australia supports, so people like yep. Rohingya, uh, West Papuans, Tam- uh, Tamils, Palestinians, and we're having a rally in sol- solidarity with, with those groups to allow them to um, share some of the platform that we guess we've been given because of the kind of resistance actions that we are uh, willing to take that perhaps some yeah. of those other groups might not have the... Um, you know, the liberty to yep. to do themselves. Things like you know, when we stopped the Queen's baton relay, we grew, drew a lot of attention to ourselves, and um, you know, we kind of reached out to some of these other groups to say, "Hey, we've got a bit of a platform. Um, you know, we'd love to share it to help you guys. Um, you know, who are also being effed over by the you know yep. by the Australian government, like many others in the world, um, to raise awareness of your cause and obviously of refugees in detention um, in Australia as well, and to." Um, you know, to yeah, use our platform to amplify those voices. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us. Phil, no worries, thank you. Um, congratulations okay. on keeping the space open for so long. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, Debbie, are you still hey. around? Hey? Are you, yeah, you're still there? Yes. Yeah. Hey. So, um, yeah. I guess tell me, tell me your some of your thoughts. So you've been on the ground there for um, for a little while now. Um, yeah. Tell me how things are feeling today. Um, yeah, good. It, it was interesting. This is. Um, I think I was a teenager the last time I got involved in an action that I wasn't one of the organisers of. Yeah. So it's been very interesting from this perspective to walk in and. You know, like my mind keeps going, oh, I wonder why they did it like that. And, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, it's been great because I haven't had an urge to resist. Uh, you know, like normally I, you can't shut me up, but <laughs> it's been really good. I've been quite happy just sitting in the background and watching how those young ones are doing it different. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I've had all kinds of different thoughts about that, but they've all come back to, you know, I can see how they've ended up doing it like this. This yeah. is working. This is good. Like in terms of organisationally, in terms of how they've gotten it together. Yep. Everything, as you would know, you know, 
everything that I've been involved in, whether it's been environmental or refugee or Indigenous or whatever, you know, like everyone thinks that they can organise it, but at the end of the day, things change on a hairpin constantly all day long and it's how adaptable you are that determines how successful it will be or not. And um, these guys are doing a mad job. That's great. Yeah, Easy absolutely. As. Yeah, it seems like particularly around um, the like adaptability. You know, the the ability to to change actions based on the circumstances has been really impressive to watch. I guess like how um, how quickly people adapt. Yeah, changing actions based on how quickly it takes us to lose the cops that are tra- yeah. that are following the busload of you know we're going around doing donuts in this big, great big like coach like yeah. a greyhound coach type coach that we're all in, um, and just doing donuts around the roundabout until the police get sick of driving in circles <laughs> behind us, and then we go the opposite direction to them and get a few cars between us so we can make a turn and yeah. we're just playing with them yeah. um, and changing things like that. It's been good fun to do that because it also it lifts up the spirits you know like because you know we we know we know what we can and can't win you know we're not stupid what we want to win is public notice and to progress that narrative of you know we want a truth commission so at this point you know we've paired it right back we're not talking about land rights per se. We're not talking about sovereignty per se. We're talking about real basic baby step yep. truth commission. Yeah, Let's have it all out. Let's have the whole truth from 230 years ago to today. Let's yeah. have it all out on the table. Let's create uh, you know, curriculum around it from early childhood through to PhD level mm. um, <clears throat> education. Let's Let's make it so well known in this mm. country about the truth that people like Pauline Hansen and Andrew Bolt can mm. never make one of those ridiculous statements again and not be held to account by the massive outcry of, you know, black, white and brindle people going, but that's bullshit. Mm. Well, we know because the Truth Commission showed us that this is how it went down. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, so um, maybe just to, um, for folks who might not have um, been to the camp yet or who, who might not get an opportunity to go, do you want to talk to me a bit yeah. about um, how it's feeling on the ground? Like what, what's happening day to day and what have, what is your, what's your experience been like camping down there for a few days? Yeah, it's been lovely. It's, yep. um, it's been a lot of, um, you know, you've got the people in this. We've got this one little, you know, you saw it, one little marquee for the media. Yep. So you've got the people that are doing all the media stuff tend to be hanging there and then you've got people that tend to be doing all the logistical, getting, you know, more water for the toilets or yep. getting, you know, fuel for the generator and that. They're all doing, you know, so, like, everyone knows their place. Everyone's mm-hmm. doing, it's all running pretty smoothly. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like, as with every time when you've got big bunch of mob, I think Kitchen Mob have had a couple of things to say about, you know, can we'll restructure it so kids can't get anywhere near the naked flames and, yeah. you know, can people please wash their own cups up and, you know, just that normal sort of housekeeping stuff. It's all really lovely as far as I'm concerned. It's running yeah. really smoothly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, 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 it's always difficult when you've got mob from lots of different places. Mm. You know, the other night we had, the other day we had... Um, uh, Uncle Dale and some of those mob, gompo mob from over on Stratty, 
came over with Big Turtle for us. Mm. <clears throat> and so, like, it was like you know, a lot of the kitchen mob are allies who were unaware, you know, how to cook a turtle. Yeah. And so then the Warabinda mob and the Yarrabah mob are having a little growl over who gets to cook the turtle because they cook <laughs> it differently. Yeah. So, you know, it's been it's been lovely. And then we had, you know, some kangaroo stew for breakfast this morning. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's been good plus bacon and eggs all day. <laughs> but tonight, listen, yep. for all of your listeners, please, everyone, spread the word. Um, to either be at Camp Freedom, which is just at the end of the spit, drive straight past, um, um, yeah, Doug Jennings Park. You just drive straight past SeaWorld and yep. keep driving until you see all the Aboriginal flags and tents. Yep. Yeah. Um, come here a bit by four o'clock. We'll start running coaches out to Carrara Stadium for tonight's action, which is a silent vigil, candlelight vigil. Yeah. Um, where we will say the names of all of those that we know of who've been murdered by oppressive colonising um, governments, including this one, yeah. and ones that are supported by this Australian government. Yeah. Um, so that includes Palestinians, it includes West Papuans, Rohingya, Tamil, yeah. um, <coughs> Tibetans, um, anyone, anyone who's being viciously oppressed yep. for their re- for their nation's resources, where they're standing for them, because we have that we have that little voice option at the moment. The media's paying attention to us, so we share that for them. Yeah, yeah, um, and for folks who might be um, who might be hearing about this um, the occupation at Camp Freedom today for the first time, um, are yep. you still interested in in uh, folks heading down to show support? Oh, mad! Yes, please, yep. please, please come down. You know, like for whatever, for whatever, to just tag along and see what it's like to just be in whatever for whatever reason. Come along. Yep. But I tell you what, if you come along, you'd be crazy not to just hang out at camp. You know, you get a chance to speak to these old fellas so full mm. of wisdom, and they keep sharing it around and you know meeting good people and yarning up black, white, and brindle. Like I said, it's been very good. Yeah, fantastic. Lovely space. Well, thank you so much for making the time to cross over to us. I know things at camp would must be um, must be pretty hectic, so thank you for taking yeah, the time out. Yeah, been getting stink eyes for being walking away from the meeting. We're in the middle of a strategy meeting. Ah, uh, thank you and so I was much for making. Talking, I was getting the stink eye at the moment, so I'll go back over there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm off the phone. Yeah, um, offer our thanks um, to folks for making the of time course. to join us. Um, and uh, yeah, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, guys, please just. Like, even if you just get on the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy Facebook page, that's the one with the hyphen in between um, Aboriginal and Sovereign, or on the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance Facebook page, and just share everything that we're sharing, get the word out, and, um, yeah, let people know, keep coming, keep come come down, even if it's just for a day visit, you know, The, the drive down is... Easy as from Brisbane. Totally. There's no dramas on the M1. It's easier than a normal weekday, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's good. Yeah, yeah, okay. So no dramas, just come on over. Yep. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, um, Debbie. Any any track requests for the show today? Uh, you know what? I, it's been blowing my brains away for the last two days straight. Sam Cook, change going to come. Change going to come. All righty. Thank you so yep. much for joining us. Congratulations on holding this incredible space. Uh, and yeah. uh, we'll see you for some yeah, of Yeah, no, nah, none of it's me. I'm just a visitor this time. It's all these young people. I've, I've 
done an amazing job yeah, I for the agree. Aboriginal assistance and base, but, you know, I just gave a little advice from my hospital bed, so I've done nothing. It's been great. <laughs> As usual, I'm sure that's not entirely true. But thank you so much for joining us, Debbie, and uh, we'll, right. we'll talk to you again soon. See you later, sis. All right. Um, that was uh, Debbie Jones ending that live cross from uh, Doug Jennings Park um, on the Gold Coast um, uh, from Camp Freedom. Um, so that's some of some of the uh, some insights. Hopefully, we'll give you some insights into what's unfolding there at the moment. Um, maybe to to take us out, and while we uh, we find that request from Debbie, maybe we'll play this. Uh, this it feels like it would be remiss not to play uh, Yothu Yindi uh, and Treaty. Um, this is this is such a kind of hallmark song of um, of the Aboriginal resistance in Australia, uh, and it's also just a banger. So that was, of course, that was Yothu Yindi and Treaty. You are listening to Four Triple Z One Hundred Two Point One FM. This is just about the end of our show today. Um, we've been, I guess, um, pulling together a bit of a. Um, a uh, bit of a, uh, I guess, a broad report back from um, the events that have been unfolding down at Doug Jennings Park as part of Camp Freedom, the resistance occupation organised by Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy and a, a bunch of affiliated sovereign peoples from across Australia. Um, we uh, have been, we've spoken to a bunch of people on the show today, all of whom have very generously given their time to talk to us, and we're super grateful for that. Um, so hopefully those of you who are listening who might not have known much about what was happening down on the Gold Coast might have a clearer idea of what's going on now. Um, we, alas, do not have the track that, um, that Debbie requested as her final request before we wrapped up that interview, um, but we're going to go out with a, a couple of other beautiful ones nonetheless. I think maybe we'll go out with this um, this track by Archie Roach um, and a bunch of other artists, which is a song for Elijah Doherty, um, who was was killed um, uh, last year, the year before last, um, in awful circumstances. And this is a track that Archie Roach and a few other folks put together um, for Elijah. Um, you are listening to 4ZZZ. Stay tuned for Brisbane Line. We'll be podcasting this episode of very important um, commentary on Indigenous resistance to the Commonwealth Games at Flood Media as of the 1st of May. You'll be able to track it down. And uh, we'll be back on air next week with more radio reversal. For now, this is Song for Elijah. It's 2 minutes to 12. <laughs> 